0: In this edition of the Buzz on Business, we talk with Andy Brophy, a senior finance major from Tulsa. Andy is graduating next month and will begin his job with Bank of Oklahoma in July. We thought it would be good to visit with someone who has spent the past four years on campus and ask for his advice to future OSU and Spear School of Business students. You know, Andy, there's been a discussion in some sectors about is a higher, you know, higher education worth it? Is a degree worth it? Right. And uh, so there is this debate uh do you think someone should attend college and if so why
1: yeah wow that what an excellent question to start first let me say thank you for allowing me to be here this is such a treat this morning um but yeah what a hard-hitting question um that has been a topic of discussion i, I think it was especially uh interesting once harvard announced um that they were gonna go all online Uh, and the headlines that accompanied that were, and they're gonna still charge full tuition. And a lot of people were up in arms about that. And I think there's a curiosity in that. And what that is, is why would people still be upset that they're still charging full tuition? And there's a certain, uh, gosh, the word that comes to my mind is magic about being on a college campus. And you get a lot of integrity in your higher education when you are on campus. At least that's my experience now having uh, you know, being a senior, freshman, sophomore year, half of junior year on campus, and then now the latter part of my junior year and senior year, virtual. And I would, you know, I would agree, you know, that I think the value of a higher education is on campus. But I do understand that the world changes and the world moves. And so it will be curious to see you know, how colleges cater to students that maybe want a la carte options in terms of courses and students that prefer a traditional um, path to college. Um, I'm reminded of my freshman, sophomore year um, of all the development that I went through as a young man reflecting back on my time at OSU. And that, that happened on campus and not behind a computer screen. And so you know, if you're asking what college is, what it's not a little bit, I'd have to say, you know, college is a service. And if you want to, you know, pay a college to give you the service of education, then then you should. You should weigh that seriously. It's, an, it's a big cost. It is. But if that's something you feel like you can manage um, or your parents can manage, then it's something you want to take seriously. Um, but I totally understand that it may look different in the future always keeping in mind, what does that different look like? Different isn't always good. It's not always bad. Um, It's just different. And how does that work for you? I think one of the big challenges for colleges
0: is to move beyond content delivery. Yeah. uh, To some of the things you talked about is really uh, the essence of what a college experience is.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I think, I guess if I had to make a prediction, I think colleges will have to move to an a la carte uh, feature, you know, and I think, You were in the information age, and you have Generation Z coming to OSU, hopefully. And, you know, there's the information age. You have social media. You have podcasts. You have all sorts of great YouTube videos out there. And so I think students are more equipped, high school students are more equipped now than ever to say, you know what? I like finance. You know, I saw what happened with GameStop, and that made me interested. You know, I wasn't dismissive about the GameStop stock pop. And I think I know what I want to do. And what with that comes, okay, well, can OSU offer to me just finance courses? Because to be honest with you, I'm not interested in taking an entrepreneurship 101. I want to do finance. And, you know, perhaps OSU adapts in that way to say, hey, get a finance degree in three years in this manner, Um, and maybe finding a way to make that cost effective and uh, revenue effective, right? I mean... If a, a doctor calls patients, you know, a doctor calls their customers patients and a, a university would call their customers students. And, and that, that makes sense and that's fine. That's, that's our society, but definitely, you know, working with students to say, hey, we wanna deliver. We want, you know, to maintain the integrity of our higher education and we wanna help you out because students are the focus. I'm sure you'd agree. I agree completely. You know, what advice do you have for people uh, when they come here
0: and, and uh, try to make friends and build connections?
1: Gosh, you know, that's a good question, too. For me, that was um, hard. And really, there's kind of two sides to your question there. Um, At least that's how I take it. And, you know, you have networking, which is a lot of professional connections or, uh, you know, student connections, colleague connections. And then you also have the other side, which is, you know, honest-to-goodness friends. Um, And for me, I always found that I could do better on the networking side. Um, Being on campus, there's so many tremendous opportunities, you know, you can just go on hire OSU grads, I believe, um, and find these opportunities. Just sign up, and you're there. Um, I went to several mocktail events, and for me, uh, resume builders downstairs at Spears here, and those were always those came naturally to me. I wanted to do those things, um, but they were also very transactional. As I'm trying to, you know, make connections and all that, you know, put on my, you know, my best face and make shake hands and connect on LinkedIn, of course, and and make that happen. But the other side that I think has probably been harder um, with COVID is finding community, finding friends. Um, that is so much more difficult. Um, and you need that. You know, I think freshman, sophomore year, I was fine to say, hey, I don't really have any deep friendships, but I have a lot of, you know, you know, networking friends and so forth. Um, but that kind of catches up to you, especially in the pandemic when things were kind of stripped down to their studs. And it's like, okay, well, what do I have? Who do I have in my life? What do I have? And that's something that I just think is of tremendous importance. And if there's advice, is um, just in COVID, is try harder. You know, I mean, there are ways to um, be social. You know, we of course have the tool of the mask and social distancing, um, and there's people that want to get together. And so I would just say, try hard because that's something you can't let go to the wayside. Our um, developing friendships, developing community, and to be honest, I did that. I did let that go to the wayside, and I think that was hard for me. You know, during the pandemic, is I had to look up and say, man. What am I working with here? You know, who's close to me? Um, and I had great networking relationships um, and those have been fruitful in college, but definitely don't ignore that other side of the coin. Get, get yourself some real honest to goodness friends.
0: You know, obviously academics and grades are important because uh, you want to graduate someday. Uh, <laughs> yes. But what other aspects of college life do you think uh, students should make a priority?
1: Sure, sure. So um, I, I was thinking about this on the walk over here. And I was thinking to myself, man, what other aspects are there? And I think what I decided on was if you go through high school, freshman through senior year of high school, you can pretty much just get your grades and bumble along, um, A, B, few Cs thrown in there, and you, you can get yourself into a college, right? And that next stage of your life is set up, and you say, oh, well, I don't really have to worry about the next four years. They're not so much a mystery. It's more schooling at a college, and you know, here I am. College is different. And I think you have to understand that uh, this is, you know, of course, saving grad school, but this is kind of the final frontier in terms of education and um, a safety net in in life, right? Um, That's that magic of college is you can go and try things all with a safety net. You know, maybe that safety net's your parents, maybe that safety net is your school, regardless. So what should you make uh, a priority in your college life is knowing that this is it for you. And maybe that is crass, or maybe that doesn't really line up, but taking it seriously is really what I mean to say. Taking it seriously to get involved, to find groups, to find community, to use that word again. Um, Grades aren't going to cut it because you don't have that next four years. You don't have another four years of college theoretically after you. Um, You have the real world. And the real world is not just, can I get a job or not? The real world is, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Do I have family? Do I have friends? It's different than just going from senior in high school to freshman in college. So I think making community a priority and making connections, of course, is the biggest priority you can have. Because when it's all said and done, you'll get your cap and gown, you'll get your handshake, you know, in a non-COVID world, <laughs> maybe get a <laughs> fist bump in a COVID world. Um, and then that's it. You know, the college has performed the service for you. You've earned your degree and they say, you know, good luck, we'll help you out a little bit here and there, but we turn our attention back to the people on campus. And that's fair and that's fine, but that means you're out there, you know, you have to go and make your own uh path and so you have to be considering in college, preparing your mind, preparing your heart, not just preparing your transcript. So that's what I would say.
0: What qualities uh, have you looked for in a class or a professor?
1: Absolutely. So um in a class, just a nugget of interest, you know? Um for me, Uh, I took a real estate finance class that I, I loved, and I don't have the idea necessarily of graduating college and working in real estate, but honestly, I like going to open houses. You know, I like driving down the street and looking at cool homes. And so that little nugget of interest said, okay, let me sign up for real estate finance. Um, that, that, that's how I would pick a class. Um, in terms of professor, uh, again, it's a testament to our point on community and connections is use those. Talk to your junior friend, talk to your senior friend. Did you take this class? Who was the professor? Were they good? Were they not good? You know, why? Um, And then kind of absorbing all that they say. For me, my favorite professors have always been the ones that um, understand that, at least I think they understand that business students want a real world application You know, we're not studying engineering. We don't want to maybe know the science of everything directly. We want to see how this applies and where it has applied using real world examples. So for me, that's always been huge. And there's three types of learners. You know, there's tactile learners, visual learners, auditory learners. And I think for me, professors that I have had less of a connection with have only catered to that auditory learner. And I'm a visual learner. I'm a tactile learner. I want to use my hands. I want to see things play out. Uh, a YouTube video is even helpful. (laughs) There's no shame, I don't think, for a professor pulling up a YouTube video, uh, you know, or an infographic. That helps me. So I think knowing yourself, knowing your learning styles, um, asking around your community, your connections, uh, and then holding on to that nugget of interest. I think that was my uh, recipe for picking classes, picking professors that I could get on board with.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, I really think we've moved from a knowledge economy to a wisdom economy. Oh yeah. Right, because everybody's got a smartphone, you can look things up, right? I mean, you can find information, but- Of course. Can you apply it? Do you know how to discern if it's good data or whatever? And that's really, I think the challenges for colleges is to catch up with that. Sure. You know, we need emphasis, what you said more, is the application mm-hmm. of this knowledge and how do you apply it, where is it relevant? Uh, rather than having people memorize Ten, you know, the top ten things or whatever, right? <laughs> Absolutely, because yeah. kids can quickly look up those things. But uh, when do they know when to use information and and that that to be better decision makers? Really, I think is what the challenges for colleges going forward is what we what we need to focus on.
1: Absolutely, I want the material to come to life in the classroom. That's why I'm there is make the material come to life because you're right. I can just go online and find basic information, but bring it to life. Make it animated for me. Yeah,
0: my youngest son. Yeah, you know, even his job. He's gone to YouTube videos to learn how to do certain Excel <laughs> techniques, right? So I mean, oh, yeah. the information's out there for yes. free, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know we we have to we have to move past that. Absolutely. So absolutely. Um, office hours. <laughs> you know, when I taught, I, you know, it was a lonely experience. Oh. <laughs> You know, what would you advise students about uh, office hours that faculty have?
1: Sure. So that's the way the material is going to come to life the best, you know, is office hours. And I think Spears just launched a new series, if I'm not mistaken, called Office Hours, where you go and visit professors (laughs) for the Instagram account. And I love that. I really do, Um, you know, makes them more personable because office hours. That brings it to life, right? I, you know, Dr. McLean, who's in the economics department, of course, Dr. Yurick, who's in the management department. Those are professors that I went to their office hours and I talked to them, and you kind of just get to know them, and you realize they're not not too not too bad, not too scary, <laughs> and and they want they want to offer you a lot of help. You know, Dr. McLean, I recall I went to his office hours, and he's got a whole shelf worth of economics textbooks, and he he literally just picked one off and said, "Here you go," and gifted it to me. Um, uh, <laughs> if If it still holds its value in four years, I may try and sell it, Dr. McLean, but, but the sentiment really (laughs) stuck with me, right? Is he said, you know, here, here's a textbook. I want to help you. It was a gift, you know, gifts make us feel good. It's a lot of people's first level language. And that to me was a testament to, you know, what Spears professors want to do. They want to help and they want to invest in you and they're not too scary. Go into their office hours, knock on their door you know, have a conversation. It's good practice and interpersonal skills at the very least. Even if you don't get the uh, economic knowledge you were looking for, uh, it's an effort in people skills. And I think we could all use that. So man, go to office hours. And that's, I'm excited for that Instagram series. So people can kind of get to know them digitally first. Maybe, maybe that's the the recipe Spears needs to get to make it less of a lonely experience you know professor Urik and I have talked years ago that pretty much the only students
0: that seemed to come to office hours those that had problems so of course it conditioned us when students showed up oh they must have a problem sure and so we we're always stunned when they just wanted to ask a question or chat I'm like oh uh, you know so yeah I think and you know we always tell students too is don't wait to have a problem to go see your faculty right? totally if you've gone to see them and you know they get
1: to know you then when you do a problem eh, you know yeah uh, it's not that big a deal it's not a big deal even man i'm gonna just this is gonna be the uh dr mclean love fest but he would even he has a little coffee maker in his uh office and he even offered me a cup of coffee and i obliged it was it was excellent and there we are talking about school and economics and he helped me with the problem that i did come to him with um or a question that i rather would probably be more uh poignant way of saying that but it was just a great experience you know these people they're good people and i think that's testament to You know, we always say we're a cowboy family and, you know, power of personal here at Spears. And I think that's not just cheap sentiment. I think that rings true here. So um,
0: obviously one of the the goals when kids come to college is kind of figure out who they are and differentiate themselves from uh, their uh, friends, competitors sometimes. Uh, Sure. what What can students do to begin that process
1: as freshmen? For me i i mixed on-campus involvement with off-campus involvement i think it's it was marketed to me at least as a freshman that on-campus involvement is a a huge breadth of things you know you can be in clubs you can be in fraternities sororities you can have jobs on campus and then it seems like the ad for off-campus involvement was well you can get a job and that will also look good you know you can go be a server at texas roadhouse but for me what I want to do and what I would encourage other people to do is look at that off-campus category a little longer. You know, you want to definitely have a good balance of on-campus activities. I was a a member of Delta Sigma Pi, which is our business fraternity on campus. And I held a position there and it was a good time. I learned a lot, met a lot of great people. So definitely recommend that to any Spear students is Delta Sigma Pi, but also off-campus, you know, I didn't have an off-campus job. So I thought, what can I do in my free time? Because you do have a little bit of that. Um, You have some free time. And so for me, it was that podcast that we've kind of offhanded mention with Dr. Urich and that podcast, actually, when I went into interview with Bank of Oklahoma, that's what they wanted to talk about. They didn't really want to talk about my on-campus involvement. They said, oh, we've never seen anyone come through with their own podcast. And that's not to toot the horn of the podcast. At that point in time, it wasn't even all that successful. There weren't too many uh, streams of that podcast, but it was different. And it showed that I wanted to do something differently. Um, And it was something that I was the, in the in terms of leadership, I was the founder, I was the CEO, I was the chief marketing officer, you know, I was all those things, right? And I think that was more impressive to them than just kind of, um, oh man, is it Pink Floyd that says another brick in the wall? <laughs> it I, is, I'm old <laughs> enough to remember that. So yeah, just, you know, and you know, that's, that's fine. There, there are people that do that and it works out really well for them. But I think it was interesting to them or it caught their attention and they wanted to talk about the things I was doing separate from the wall. Um, so my encouragement to students would be, you know, show that you can do it show that you can you know play play in bounds you know get your grades do some on campus things and also show that you have the capacity for so much more you know for me it just happened to be that podcast and again not at that point not very successful you know it wasn't really gaining too much traction but it was enough to say hey i made an effort to go and talk to a professor i made an effort to you know discover how to get things on spotify and apple podcasts and i made an effort to you know, make promotional materials, and that was of interest to them. So to differentiate yourself, I would say, look at what you can do in your free time that's not in the context of clubs or fraternities that would really set you apart. Because they've seen fraternity people, they've seen sorority people, they've seen people in clubs, they've seen all that. What have they not seen? And maybe toe that line.
0: Yeah, Andy, that's a really interesting point. I think sometimes Students get too caught up in the cookie cutter recipe approach, but you're right. Who would have thought that a podcast would have been it? But there's, you know, things like that give you something to talk about in in an interview and make you seem a little intriguing, (laughs) Uh, you know, just a little out of the norm. So I I think that's great advice not to discount
1: the value of those uh, types of experiences. Right, right, Right. totally. It's, It's been so much, and it was fun. You know, it's something I cared about too, which made me want to pursue it you know, very intensely. And I did. And I think that was curious to them. And, you know, maybe it's just you, have, you started a stock investing club in your hometown or something, right? Um, just something they haven't seen before, which seems cheesy, but um, I think could be really effective. Yeah. I think, you know,
0: leveraging a hobby or an interest or, yeah. you know, uh, you know, anything that makes you a little bit unique. Absolutely, not weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, good, weird might be okay. It depends on you. And again, I always tell sure, students, it's
1: all on how you sell it and package it. Oh man, there's so many. I, <laughs> I think Dr. Eric taught me once something. You taught him was it's all on how you frame certain things. You know, you can, you can brighten up. And maybe you didn't say this part, but I just you know to continue, continue with your metaphor is you can make a lousy painting really interesting if you have a, a really cool frame around it. <laughs> yo know, I agree. You know, I think way back when I
0: graduated college, you know, I, I grew up on a farm. So I, I thought, well, they didn't want to hire that. So I kind of hid that. Right. First interview, it came out that I grew up in a farm. Kazing, they forgot about my GPA, didn't care, right? <laughs> All these great attributes of farm kids. So right. I moved it up into my resume after that. But, you know, I, I had no idea that that would be, but even, you know, that was unique. You know, now we're, I think, we're down to like 3% of the population grew up on farms. Yeah. Yeah. Without even
1: trying, it made me unique and gave me some things to talk about. Of course. And I mean, you know, with students in Spears, you know, they want to see soft skills, hard, like those peripheral skills, not just finance skills or marketing skills. And yeah, I mean, growing up on a farm that I'm sure that showed to them that, you know, you know, the value of hard work, you can get up early in the morning and you can deliver on that. And I'm sure that that was a really good conversation, you know, upon that discovery but uh, who'd have thunk it, you know, it, but
0: I think you're right. I mean, don't discount the experiences you've had. It's all in how you package it and you can sell it. And, you know, what'd you learn, get from it? What skills, like you said, all those things you developed, not just the podcast, but
1: how you went about developing it, selling it, packaging, those Absolutely.
0: are really valuable skills.
1: Yeah. It, and it, it was a blast to do it because I cared about it, you know, and I cared about it probably more than some of my other on-campus roles you know just because it was my baby at one point you know you want to care for it <laughs> absolutely so uh even with the, the the
0: past year and a half what would you say is your biggest uh, highlight of your time here at osu
1: <laughs> can i say kate cunningham <laughs> <laughs> no but um uh certainly a big part of it for me i i love doing so many different things you know attending college basketball games was actually you know one of my favorites you know being gallagher and cheering on the Cowboys in basketball was a blast. You know, my freshman year, I saw them beat number four OU. Um, they had Trey young and we beat him in overtime and we stormed to the court. And I look back on that memory fondly and it was just a great time. And, you know, even Dr. York's class was a highlight for me. If we want to keep it academic, <laughs> um, <laughs> because he's, he's such, you know, a uh, magnetic personality and you know him of course. Um, and so just that, uh, I was fortunate enough to just sit back in his class and listen, you know, and read the books he recommended to me. And college was um, a growing experience, not just the books he recommended, but I'd read a lot in college. And that was always super interesting. And you can kind of measure up books about human life, you know, Um, because you have a lot of people to (laughs) then psychoanalyze, (laughs) Uh, but not to detract from the point. It was, it's just fun to, to kind of soak up things and enjoy the festivities of college basketball and just be on campus and be a part of something. Um, and I'll, I'll, when it's time for me to bring my family to Oklahoma to Stillwater, I'll be, um, I'll be excited to do so and go and eat around Stillwater and bring them to games and show them Theta Pond and all that amazing stuff that OSU has to offer.
0: Well, let's look at the other side. Uh, what? Uh... Uh, Was a disappointment or when you look back, uh, what you would have liked to have done differently?
1: Yeah, done differently uh, is an interesting question. You know, and if I can be quite honest with you, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, I probably had a harder heart than what I wanted to have. You know, I wasn't, you know, warm towards people. It was was about transactions. How can I network best? How can I get my degree best, my grades? You know, I'll have some fun and laugh with people. Um, And that's nice, but I definitely didn't have, you know, a servant's heart. I didn't have a warm heart. And I think that's something I've discovered in the last two years of college. Senior year and junior year is like, um, for me, I find the, the purpose in life in loving people and serving people, and that's something I, I've failed to do my first two years of college. And so, if I could go back, you know, to freshman year, I would hope to bring, you know, a warmer heart with me um, to love people better, to serve people better, um, and you know, make genuine friendships and build genuine community. And that's something I'm only just now learning to do as a 22-year-old is make deep, worthwhile relationships uh, and develop a community. And so that's what I would encourage someone to do is really you know, take the measure of your heart and see where you can take it because there's a lot of good you can do with someone um, and people need you and people want you, which is huge. Something I've only learned recently. Well, don't be too hard on yourself. I think when you're a <laughs>
0: freshman, you really are so much focused on yourself, right? You, true. You go to high school from your parents. So there really is that, you know, separation of yourself from that identity. But I think it's commendable. You have continued to evolve. And now that you've kind of looked internally, you can now look externally.
1: Absolutely. And, and you make know, connections. So true, right? I mean, those are some of the biggest things you learn in college is what's my identity? Is my identity separate from my fraternity? Is my identity separate from being a student? Who am I? You know, what's my role? Um, who's my community? Where do I find that? I seem to you know, suffer sometimes. What is the meaning in my suffering? Ask big questions, questions you don't wanna ignore by spending every Friday, Saturday night out. You know, spend time investigating you. Again, kicking the tires on your own life. You know, it's a fun metaphor, but one I think people should really take seriously and with you know, honest consideration.
0: Yeah, I, I tell freshmen all the time, I said, you know, if, if you leave OSU, the same person that entered, we failed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you haven't evolved and grown, whatever way that is, right? sure. uh, then you've either wasted college or we failed right. uh, to, to stretch you. Absolutely. Well, Andy, tell us what you're going to do uh, after graduation.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so graduate in May. I'll get that finance degree um, and I'll go to work for Bank of Oklahoma. Um, you spend the first five months in their Tulsa office there. That's where they're headquartered. And then I'll move, um, over to Oklahoma city, but not before I get married. I'll get married on May 22nd, um, which is very, congratulations. Ex- thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting. Um, and yeah, a huge transitional period in my life, right? Going from school to work with, you know, a wife will be, um, quite the task. Um, but yeah, so I have. Uh, graduation and marriage, and you know, all senior year, I've been working on a big project. Uh, I've been writing a manuscript um, that I'm looking to publish. Uh, and so, if you decide to follow me on LinkedIn or decide to keep up with me on social, you'll see me um, announcing that and uh, fundraising for that. Um, but yeah, and that that it'll become a book available on Barnes and Noble eventually, and that's based off of the podcast I do with Dr. Urich, and it'll be called Just Ideas uh, to pair those two works. And the idea is that. Chapter three is kind of a philosophical, psychological look at suffering, which derives from one of the episodes in the podcast. And I, of course, quote Dr. Urich, because how could I, you know, not quote, you know, the magnetic person- personality <laughs> that is Dr. Andy Urich. And that will all come together um, to be a book um, available. And I've been working on that manuscript all year, been working with a couple authors, um, and it's been my my passion project this senior year so. You'll have to keep up with me online to see how that unfolds this year. Okay, <laughs> I'll be happy to do that.
0: Well, I, I'm Lutheran, so we we believe life should be suffering. So <laughs> yeah. that's for, so. I,
1: I, I'm with you. So uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, then I'll have to be sure and send you a copy. I'll, <laughs> I'll even send you a rough draft. You'll get the pre pre access. <laughs> right. Well, Andy, it's been a, a really delight
0: uh, chatting with you. Uh, I've been a, uh, very interested to hear your story and your evolution, and I I wish you the best in the future. But I have a, a lot of confidence that you'll
1: do just fine. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute treat this morning.